You're listening to Different Things Can Be Sad. Welcome to Different Things Can Be Sad, where it's cool to care about politics and pop culture. I'm Yasmin Lomax. And I'm Micah Hunt. And we are the hosts of this politics and pop culture podcast, which I think was pretty clear by Micah saying that it's cool to care about both of those things, just in case you didn't pick it up. <laughs> that's what this is about. Um, mm-hmm. And we will each be covering an element. So Micah covering politics, me covering pop culture, and giving you a little uh, rundown on a topic that was big in the news this month, or maybe one that wasn't so big, and just keeping you up to speed on it all. But mm-hmm. before we do that, we like to have a little chat because we're friends IRL, even though we haven't seen each other IRL in quite a while. Um, nearly a year now, now, right? Yeah, yeah. we're coming up on that anniversary, which I'm not happy about. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, what did you do in the past month, though, Micah, since wasn't seeing me? <laughs> uh, the month of February, the shortest month. Um, I actually it felt moved. very short, didn't it? It felt both short and long. Moving is mm. exhausting. The um, moving, yes. The moving, yeah. Carrying all the furniture up and down the stairs. And, well, there was an elevator. Still some stairs involved. <laughs> um, and unpacking and then, like, going to Ikea twice. It's just a lot. But it's good and exciting. So, Could you get meatballs to go at the Ikea? You can get meatballs both. You can sit down and have meatballs, which I don't understand why you would do. Mm. Um, but you can get meatballs to go. We didn't buy frozen meatballs. Maybe we're going to have to go a third time. Maybe then we will buy my frozen meatballs. We shall Are you see. going a third time to buy uh, a certain someone there? Ah, the Dunkelskog. Um, <laughs> which for those, the, the, the uninitiated is a very large stuffed bear. Um, I wish. I think it's not sold in Canada anymore. Oh, no. Um, I did some How are research. you going to get him? I don't know. We might have to order him from Europe, um, which hmm. seems excessive. Um, we have to go buy. We like went to one Ikea, and they were out of a shelf. And so now we have to go to the other Ikea and get it from that one, which is very upsetting. But at least we have two Ikeas. Grown-up so. problems. I know. How was your February? Good. Yeah, it, it seemed like it flew by pretty fast. Uh, the main thing I did was spend a few days upstate in Saratoga Springs. So that was really lovely to escape for a little bit. I had visited last September and just found an Airbnb that was very clean and safe. So returned there. But it was really funny because last time we were there, it was all like kayaking and water sports because it was like still the tail end of summer. And then mm-hmm. this time we went like sledding in the snow. So it was Ooh. it was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, definitely recommend as just like a nice, quiet, chill place to go in all seasons, apparently. So that was my highlight. Um, did you read anything this month? Yeah, I um, am like almost done this book that I want to talk about. I'm going to finish it today. It's one of my goals. Um, is this a for fun the, book? or a, a It is a for fun book. I'm going to kill um, it with these. You know, I'm really trying. I'm, on, I'm currently on reading week, which is what we call spring break in Canada, because no fun, apparently. Um, <laughs> but I hope to read for fun during reading week, so we shall see. But the book I did almost finish in February is called um, they said this would be fun, Race, Campus Life, and Growing Up by Eternity Martis. Um, so it's a memoir about what it's like to be Black at one of Canada's top party schools, um, specifically Western University, which is in London, Ontario. Um, and London, Ontario is a predominantly white city um, that, as um, Martis shows, is deeply racist. Um, what I really love about this book is that it's a mix of both theory and personal storytelling um, that kind of shows how university was this inflection point in Martis's life um, when it comes to her career, um, her like journey into adulthood, but most importantly, how she understood herself as a Black woman. Um, what I found to be the one of the more interesting elements of the book is that Martis is um, half Pakistani, half Jamaican, but was raised almost exclusively by her Pakistani family. Um, which is interesting because she discusses how 
um, despite not being raised to consider herself a black woman, that is how the world perceives her. And this is then affects like how she navigates in the world. So it's a really interesting discussion of being mixed race um, and what that means, especially I really appreciated the Canadian context because I Mm. think one of the great myths of the politics in Canada is that there is no racism because we're not the States, which is just very false. Um, But anti-black racism isn't discussed as much as say like anti-indigenous racism Mm -hmm. in Canada. And so this book, I think um, is a really good entry point into that. I also think like anyone who went to university in Canada will find this to be really interesting Um, because so many Canadian universities are kind of at least somewhat middle of nowhere places like London, Ontario. Um, and is this a pretty yeah. recent book? Like, did she recently yeah, came out in go to college there? Yeah. So okay. She... And, like, is she a recent graduate or was this yeah. some long ago? I think she um, went in, like, the 2010s. So she's oh, been okay, out cool. of, yeah, she's been out of university for a bit. She did her, um, I, I can't remember if it's an MA or MFA in journalism at, I think, Carleton in Ottawa. Um, mm-hmm. And then she's been doing journalistic stuff. And I think she has, like, a writing residency at a university in Canada now. But she's, like, in all of cool. the panels now um, about anti-racism in Canada. And she's just very cool. And the book is really well-written and really accessible, too. Yeah, that sounds awesome. What have you read in February? I read a couple duds. Uh, some ones that I was not too keen of. I think, Micah, you reacted to my Instagram at Yasmin Lomax. Plug, plug. Uh, review <laughs> of the Again But Better book by yes. Christina Riccio, which you had read. And I won't call it a recommendation, mm-hmm. but you had flagged it as something. <laughs> um, I would say the same thing. So I'm not going to discuss that again. But mm-hmm. I did really love reading You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogel. And I listened to this one as an audiobook. The thing is, like, I don't do so well with, like, fiction books as audiobooks unless they're, like, truly amazing. And I found, like, this one was really great. I read Beach Read as an audiobook, which I'm always talking about. But uh, this one is a lovers to enemies to lovers story. And it's from the perspective of a woman in her 20s named Naomi, who is engaged to this dentist from a fancy family called Nicholas. And... Although, you know, she got engaged to him on this, you know, beautiful feeling of of being in love and meeting someone absolutely perfect, she now hates him. And resentment has grown between them, but they can't back out of the marriage because, uh, you know, for him, it's because of family honor and her because she's lost her job and she can't afford to repay his mother, who's like pretty evil, for the wedding expenses. So that's just like a pretty fun setup, I think, and a pretty unique one um, for this really, really funny story about Naomi and Nick trying to like prank and annoy each other into breaking up so that it's not their fault if the other person Mm. calls it. It's just like a really... I think good premise, just like very lighthearted and fun. And I also think from like just a a writing perspective, I thought it was really interesting how it was so engaging, yet it was like just a story about these two people. I think often we Mm -hmm. find like the most engaging stories have like this beautiful, unique setting that we've never been to and it's painted really beautifully or it's got like a amazing cast of like B characters that we really fall for. But this one, like, didn't put a ton of effort into either of those things. Like, not as a bad thing. I think it actually, you just really liked them as a couple. And it became a really fun story about them. So something super unique, uh, really quirky that I really, really enjoyed. So if you're a fan of something like Beach Read, get on. You deserve each other. Thoroughly recommend. What about watching? Did you watch anything fun in February? Mm. I've watched a couple things. One Mm -hmm. is I finally got on the succession train, only like over a year late. Well, Um, it's good because now that filming's delayed, you have like less time to wait for the next season. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I would, you can listen to a past episode to hear Yasmin absolutely rave about succession. She was entirely right. It's great. Um, I would definitely recommend if you haven't watched it to watch it now. Um, it's such a strange three. show, right? Because you're like, yeah. I, I wouldn't 
like I'm not the person who I think like you would normally recommend that to like I and you wouldn't even strike no, me no. as like someone like okay what if we like watch a show about billionaire like children who are just like awful to each other and to everyone mm-hmm. else it does not seem like something like I don't even think I know anyone who I would recommend that show to because like it sounds like it's for awful people but yes it's not it's not I would I had a debate with someone whether it's more like um House of Cards or Game of Thrones and I think having not watched a lot of either but I think it is like Game of Thrones but in the modern day like it's Mm. about rich kids trying to gain power for the sole sake of getting the power and not for like what the power represents um like I don't think any of the people want to actually run the business like the actual day-to-day grind of it they just Mm. want to say that they run the business yeah they beat the siblings and I guess Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I think similar to Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones like appealed to people who weren't fantasy people, like who were not, didn't have like a whole background of like reading those books and watching those TV shows and those movies. But so many people got into it. And I think that's the same thing as this. Like you don't have to be somebody who's like obsessed with Wolf of Wall Street or something, Um, which again, actually, that's a pretty appealing movie. But the whole concept of Wolf (laughs) of Wall Street, um, you don't have to be somebody who's like obsessed with finance and the business world and no you get to understand it yeah um more than i thought i ever would um so that was good (laughs) the um recommendation i have for something that's actually current and up to date is judas and the black messiah um so it's about the infiltration of the chicago black panther party by the fbi um and this infiltration eventually led to them murdering fred hampton um and the acting and music are fantastic in this. The cast is kind of absolutely stellar. So you have Daniel Kaluuya as Fred Hampton, Lakeith Stanfield as the infiltrator named Bill O'Neill, and then Jesse Plemons. Jesse oh, Plemons as Landry, the FBI Landry. agent. He's he great. He's killing it um, lately. He is killing it lately. Um, and then a standout role um, is Dominique Fishbank, and she plays Fred Hampton's fiance and also a fellow member of the Black Panther Party, um, and she's just great in it. I think she has a very, like, it kind of comes at you slowly how good she is, and then mm-hmm. it's it's kind of, it's a in some ways like an interestingly restrained performance. It's great. Um, would definitely recommend the movie. Um, it's kind it's the most seething like indictment of a person I've ever watched on film. It in what way? So the last. So it's basically, it follows Bill O'Neill as he infiltrates the Black Panther Party. And you see him. Um, I think some people levied some criticism that like, well, maybe we should learn about the Black Panther Party from the perspective of Fred Hampton and not this guy who like eventually led to his murder. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't like that criticism that much because like, that's not the story that this director and writer wanted to tell. And I think we should judge stories based on whether they yeah, that's a different story. in telling the story they set out to tell, not in that they set out to tell the wrong story. Um, no, and it's and not I as if it's they, like, uh, from what I can gather, it's like offensive or anything. Like, it's just a different no, no, perspective. No, 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 no. It's just a different perspective. And they don't like a lot of people with like things like the Black Panther Party worry that they like water down the politics. No, it's very mm-hmm. clear that these people are communists, um, socialists, that they like want to overthrow the government, um, and that they like are doing it for the good of their people because they truly believe that the government is not serving them. Um and but that's not what the story like the story isn't about the politics, it's about this, like, conflict with the FBI through Bill O'Neill, and by the end of it, you kind of, if you kind of don't know where the movie is about Bill O'Neill, but the end, you very mm-hmm. clearly do. Um, right. It's, like, kind of left me speechless by the end, so I would highly recommend. If you heard any clicking in the background, it's because I was looking for a, a post on the Cuts Instagram about Dominique Fishback because I saw this recently and I was like, this is not a real person. Like, I don't believe this um, Mm -hmm. because she just sounds so amazing. So um, it's from February 19th. It says, Dominique Fishback, the 29-year-old actor, writer, poet, and self-proclaimed Jessica Day of the Hood. She's a big new girl fan. 
Yes, girl. <laughs> um, has a natural aptitude for seemingly everything. She was her high school's valedictorian, captain captain of its basketball team and homecoming queen her first professional audition was for an hbo miniseries show me a hero with david simon which she got and later led to simon writing the part of darlene for her in the deuce and before she received and before she received an email from director shaka king offering her a role in judah and the black messiah if she wanted it she was writing her own pilot for a black panther-esque romeo and juliet romance like cool what what she I, can she be my best friend? She's twenty nine. I That's desperately it. want to watch the Romeo and Juliet Black Panther. That sounds amazing, right? That sounds so interesting. Oh, she just sounds so cool. I just wish she was my best friend. Uh, but you'll do for the moment, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched something very different, but very fun this month. I watched Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar which you've probably seen, like, the trailers for. It's, yes. like, the Kristen Wiig and Annie Momolo. I hope I'm saying that right. She's, like, Kristen Wiig's writing partner, I believe, and I've just never had mm-hmm. to say her name out loud before. Um, <laughs> but the trailers kind of, like, don't really tell you what it's about. Um, it's, like, kind of quirky like that. But I, I will. Um, so it's about lifelong best friends Barb and Star who leave their small western town along with their sausage soup and their talking club, but not their culottes, to enjoy a vacation in Florida resort town called Vista Del Mar. But while they're trying out new things, um, one of the new things one of them tries out is Jamie Dornan, I will say, um, <laughs> an evil villain is plotting away and plotting revenge against the town. So it's very, very ridiculous, silly, funny. It's like a little Austin Powersy in that nice. there's um like the villain is played by Kristen Wig as well. But it doesn't have like that gross Austin Powers humor. Like I'm sorry if you like Austin Powers, but I really, 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 really don't. I just do not resonate with that type of humor. Um this is just like sweet and funny. It's occasionally like a little saucy, but it's it doesn't make my skin crawl um, in the way Austin Powers does. And it's just, it's like a really well done movie because it kind of, like everything gets tied together at the end. Like they leave little mm-hmm. hints along the way and they're always picked back up and you're not left with like loose threads at the end. It's really a mm-hmm. satisfying and fun movie. So if you've got an hour or two on a Saturday night, highly recommend as a little pandemic watch i believe you have to get it on like amazon prime for like twenty dollars so um yeah it treat it like a like a movie night pop yourself some popcorn pour some uh if you could get a frozen coke from 7-eleven i would recommend that so yeah what about listening any good listening in february um the only listening i have for you is um a wonderful singer called Anna Leone. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Um she's name. a um she's a Swedish singer songwriter. Um and she just writes really beautiful songs about love. Um I she has a couple singles, one just came out I think and an EP. Um I think she's quite small. The the only reason why I found her stuff is I've been listening I am an Apple Music person and I've been listening to Apple Music's autoplay quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um because I've been lazy. Um, and it's cool to find new things. And the recommendations that Apple has been giving me have been fantastic and include Anna Leone. Um, so I would recommend I her. When you say singer-songwriter, is this like music you can work to then? Yes. I've been like listening to a lot of Phoebe Bridgers while working. Yes! So but then you just get a bit sad, don't you? Just a little... I think, well, the thing is, is, like, when I'm working and listening to music, I don't listen to the lyrics as much, which... Okay. That that might help a little bit. Um, I'm in the market for more work music because I actually don't have a recommendation for listening this month. The main things I've been listening to are the Twilight soundtrack as I work. Very good. And then I try and end Fridays with, like, an hour of just blasting One Direction. So, <laughs> yeah, I would say if... 2012 me could see me right now she would be pretty happy that nothing (laughs) has changed oh yikes okay so politics this month i 
thought we would be covering, we should cover a um, story that's been actually happening for the entire month of February, and one that you might have heard about, but not really sure what's happening, um, and that is the coup in Myanmar. So on February 1st, the military of Myanmar staged a coup against the democratically elected leader Aung San Suu Kyi, um, and many things have happened since then. Um, but before we get into the coup itself okay. and all of that, I thought all of us, including myself, could use some background on Myanmar as a country. Yes, so, please. Mm-hmm. Myanmar is a country in Southeast Asia. It borders Bangladesh, India, China, Laos, and Thailand in that kind of west to east order. Um and you might have heard of Myanmar called Burma in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, there, some people use the names interchangeably. Um, Burma is the English name for the country, and it was changed to Myanmar in 1989. Um, the reason why it has an English name and was known by an English name for so long is that it was a British colony from 1885 to 1948. Um, Myanmar is a really ethnically diverse country. Um, a little over 50% of the people are Burman Um, and this will become important later as ethnic Mm -hmm. diversity in the country is a big part of their politics. Um, the other important thing to know about the demography of Myanmar is that it's 90% Buddhist. Um, and the second biggest groups are, um, Protestant Christians from the British colonialism and, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Muslims from, um, bordering Bangladesh. Um, So, in 1948, Burma becomes independent from Britain and establishes their own legislature. A fun fact about Burma is that it was one of the only ex-British colonies that decided to not join the Commonwealth. Good for them. In hindsight, maybe like a great decision, maybe not. Um, I was looking it up and most countries decided to join the Commonwealth. Only two countries have ever left the Commonwealth. Um, That's Ireland and Zimbabwe. Very interesting British colonial history. Mm. Um, so 1948, Burma becomes independent, democracy, great. Unfortunately, in 1962, there's a coup. Mm-hmm. And the reason why there's a coup is because of these ethnic minorities. Well, not because of them, but um, basically the ethnic minorities wanted to um, have a more decentralized government. So they wanted um, basically federalism um, so that they could govern their own affairs um, instead of like a um, a system like say Britain's a weird example, Ireland has like one general government instead of like broken down into little parts, um, um, unlike like the U.S. and Canada. But the army really did not want there to be a decentralized mm-hmm. government, and so staged a coup. Mm. Um, yeah, and the coup was successful for the army, not so great for the people. Um, Between 1962 and 1988, um, the first thing the army did was they set up their own socialist party and they dominated politics. This led to a huge amount of protests as people wanted to have another party, have um, their own rights. Um, And the country was one of the most poor countries in the world during this time. So it wasn't really great for them. Um, in 1988, they had the 8888 uprising. Um, That's an easy one to remember. Ended... It is an easy one. I think it's because it happened on the 8th of... August? August? January, February, March, August. April, May, June, July. August. August. That we know works. our months. Um, we know numbers. Yeah. Um, so the protests very the one thing that the Myanmar gov- military is well known for is how violent it is against its people um so it was a huge amount of bloodshed and it actually led to a second coup of the army cooing against itself like different factions of the army oh what um i know <laughs> um but ultimately this kind of laid the groundwork for the first democratic elections um, to happen in the country since before 1962. Um, And this is when Aung San Suu Kyi um, 
becomes really well known. So she is the leader of the Democratic mm-hmm. Party. Um, and during this first election, they win by 80% of the seats. Um, the military junta, which is the kind of council. That's a lot, right? That's kind of unheard of. Um, the military junta who's running the country um, refuses to accept these results. And they put her under house arrest. Oh. Um, which is not great. Um, this leads to an international outcry, um, and actually Aung San Suu Kyi wins the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm. So, who is Aung San Suu Kyi, or we call her Suu Kyi? Um, she is the daughter of Aung San, who is actually um, really important in Burmese Myanmar history. So, he allied with the Japanese during World War II and created the Burmese army. And both these two things allowed for him to um, bargain for Burmese independence um, from the British. Um, and so he was part of this important process of independence, but unfortunately he was assassinated in 1947 when um, Suu Kyi was just like a toddler. So um, Aung San Suu Kyi has become an important politician in her own right, and then this has led to high international political regard for many years. So between 1990 and 2011, which is a 20-year period, basically, Mm -hmm. she spent 15 of those years under house arrest. Gosh, I feel like I'm Um, living that right now for the past year. I can't (laughs) imagine doing that for another 14. I know. Um, So she, the military put her under house arrest for many um, different reasons, on and off. Um... And they said she could leave the country, but she would never be able to return. And she kind of has a great line about how this country would be like abandoning her children. Um, like the country is so important to her. And it, like she feels like a very important connection to it. Um, so when she won her Nobel Peace Prize in 1990, her sons, who are already out of the country, went to go accept it for her. So 15 years in and out of house arrest. Um, in this time, the military is running the country still, um, but are kind of edging away from full dicta- military dictatorship and moving towards um, democracy. This is kind of also a time where other countries are moving towards democracy as well. Um, it's very popular internationally. So finally, in 2011, the military steps down and allows for the process of democratization to happen. And um, Suki's party in both 2015 and then as recently as this November in 2020, um, they win landslide elections, like the same kind of 80% marker, just like fully everyone wants them to be in power. Um, And she, um, since 2015, has been the state councillor, which is kind of like the prime minister. So since 2011, Mm -hmm. 15, democracy. It's been great. Sort of. Um, So unfortunately, Myanmar's claim to democracy and Suki's reputable reputable standing have been brought into question a lot since 2017. Mm -hmm. So if you remember, this is kind of the first time I remember Myanmar being the news consciously in my brain. Um, This was August 2017. The military started to crack down on the Rohingya Muslim minorities who live, yeah, so they live near the border of Bangladesh. And the military claims that they were fighting back against militants and terrorists. There was a, um, like, militant attack against the, I think it was against police, like, right before the repression from the military. Um, But many experts, from the outsider saying that this looks an awful lot like ethnic cleansing. Mm-hmm. So in this period of August to September, um, almost 7,000 Rohingyas were killed oh during this God. crackdown. Hundreds of thousands were forced to flee to Bangladesh, which doesn't have a huge amount of supports for refugees. Um, mm-hmm. And this is kind of an ongoing saga um, and that the Rohingyas have been persecuted for a long time by the Myanmar government slash military. Um, they've been denied citizenship. They've been left out of the census, which means they don't get certain services. The government has essentially maintained that they are um, illegal migrants from Bangladesh, despite the fact that there is mm-hmm. ample evidence that the Rohingya have been living in Myanmar 
um, for generations. And they just kind of, like, live on this unfortunate border. Because if you think about it, Myanmar being a British colony, um, being beside Bangladesh, India, also British colonies, these borders between these nations are, in some ways, arbitrarily determined by the by Britain. Right. And so it just so happens that the Rohingya ended up to be in the Myanmar part. Um, and so, therefore, after independence, under Myanmar's rule. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so they're kind of stuck. Um, and so in subsequent investigations by the UN, um, they decided that it was a genocidal act. Um, but what was really surprising, and I think surprising to a huge amount of the international community, was that Suki, the Nobel Peace Prize winner, who oh, yeah. everyone thought was fantastic, she actually took the military side and denied that any genocide had occurred. So yeah, so I remember there was like yeah, I remember there was like a a thing in Ireland like around this time um because like Bob Geldof gave back his Freedom of the City of Dublin award because he was like I'm not sharing it with her mm-hmm. um like she is party mm-hmm. genocide I'm not having a bar of it and there was a lot of discussion around that um about whether that was right or wrong but I think there was like a lot of international protesting by notable figures um, about what yeah. was going on in Myanmar, sure, particularly her, I think, deal. because of the Nobel Prize winner part. It was unusual to have someone who had been, like, so lauded for um, peace before to now be involved in something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's incredibly surprising um, that that's the take. I guess, I guess from the outside, that <laughs> feels surprising. Maybe it, like, internally makes yeah. sense. Because, like, she did win the 2020 election in a landslide. Yeah. Like, that clearly didn't bug the people of Myanmar so much as the, for them not to vote mm-hmm. for her. Um, who knows? Um, but, yeah, so the Rohingya are still, there's around 600,000 of them still living in Myanmar. And the current, in January 2020, the UN called for... Um, more protections against for them because it's not just the military that was um, perpetrating violence, but also like militias right. perpetrating violence against them as well. Um, so the UN is asking the Myanmar government to do something, which seems like there isn't a lot of will to do that. So in amongst all of this, they have an election in November. And then on February 1st, the military stages a coup and declares one year um, a state of emergency. Um, the oh. most amazing video came out of this. Um, there is a video of a woman filming uh, her like workout routine, and the coup is happening Stop. behind her. And it's crazy. Um, okay, I will we find have it and to put link it in this. the show notes because yeah. <laughs> it's like the tanks are coming in, and she's just like doing her no. aerobics at the same time. Yeah, Stop it. um, it's the only in- good thing that has come out of this. Um, so the army claims that the November twenty twenty election, um, that Suki won in a landslide was fraudulent, um, and they are back in the opposition party. Um, interesting that many twenty twenty elections, November twenty twenty elections, were considered. Sorry, um, quick question on this. So, yes. the army are now against her, even though she had kind of sided with them on the... The Rohingya stuff. Right, yeah. okay. But they're not on the same team generally. They're not on the same team generally, okay, no. that makes sense. This is why I think some people were thinking that there was never really true democracy because she was kind of... She didn't say anything about the Rohingyas, um, or she she did, but she supported the army. Um, so yeah. maybe she was like doing this balance of power thing, and she knew the military had this power to stage a coup whenever they wanted. Um, so it's oh, really unclear, okay. and it's like still an evolving situation. Yeah, um, but hmm. they want the opposition party to be put in place, and their the opposition party is much more. Um, happy with the military um the un and like other bodies who um 
were looking at the, um, like monitoring the election, say that the election was um, pretty good. But this was actually something we talked about in our free and fair election Yes, yes, um, episode, yes, yes. Was that because of COVID, it's really hard to monitor elections now because you can only have so many people yes. in the room. Um, not to, like it, it seems very clear that like if you win by 80%, it seems very unlikely that ballot box right. stuffing was happening at like that massive of a scale. But still, um, maybe that gives them a like to stand on. So this happened on February 1st. Mm-hmm. And um, the entire month since then, um, there's been mostly nonviolent protesting happening um, against the military. Um, and this was peaceful. So three people died in the first week of the coup, oh. and then no one has died. And then in the last days of February, um, the military kind of switched its tone and um, has killed 18 oh people Lord. by just kind of brazenly shooting into the crowd. Um and the, so the UN and various other countries have condemned the coup and um, all of this violence, but no direct action has been taken. So no one's like, I don't think there's even been sanctions yet. There's been threats of sanctions um, and no one's like gone in at all. And obviously the, the military yeah. is very resistant to UN interference. Um, I thought I'd leave us on a like maybe interesting, hopeful note. Um in yeah. the same day that all of this violence happened, um, there were all of these pro-democracy protesters in Thailand who were um, protesting mm-hmm. there in support of Myanmar. And that I was reading about this and it led me to um, this alliance called the Milk Tea Alliance, which is an alliance between pro-democracy activists in Hong Kong. It's such a good name. Um, they're in Hong Kong, Taiwan, Thailand, and Myanmar, um, who have all, like if you remember, in September, September of 2020, I think it was, Thailand um, was having a bunch of protests. And obviously, like, we've covered the Hong Kong protests on this show. Um, they're very popular. So I, I like um, international pro-democracy alliances, I think, are very cool. Yeah, that's an um, interesting so yeah, concept. Mm-hmm. It's actually, like, it's a really big thing um, of, like, activists working together across nations. Mm-hmm. So what can um, we expect to happen now? Um, I think, one, the there's a couple things. Um, I think one is seeing what the international community does, um, whether they impose sanctions, mm-hmm. um, whether they, if the violence continues, whether they, like, send in peacekeepers. Um, that seems very unlikely in my mind. Um We'll have to see. Um, And then, unfortunately, I think people on the ground are saying that, like, the military has taken over and democracy is not happening, um, which is really unfortunate. Um, But we shall see. I think it's a good reminder that, like, democracy is a fragile thing that, like, we have to protect because people in power can take it away rather easily. Um... Especially in, like, yeah. a situation like Myanmar. Yeah. And I guess we have to hope that some kind of international action occurs because it seems like nothing's been happening so far yeah. rather than people being like, please don't do that. So, mm-hmm. hmm, it's very unfortunate. I think we also need a lot more coverage of this. I had not heard about this at all. Yeah, really not that much. I'm thinking maybe this coming week there'll be more coverage after all of the violence, but we'll see. We will do the Lord's work with this, Michael. We are spreading the word. <laughs> all 15 of you we people are. listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> 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 oh, stop, stop, stop. So changing gears completely and moving on to the pop culture segment of the show, um, unlike January, I feel like we didn't have as many big pop culture moments to choose from, but we did have one big holiday that literally captures hearts. I mean, not literally captures hearts, but like it involves hearts. I'm talking about Valentine's Day, basically. Uh, So I thought I would do a little roundup of who was spending 
Valentine's Day together. So looking at some new couples that have emerged, I've tried to do some research and just find out surprising ones. So people that I'm like, oh, I did not think they were still together. Oh, oh, yeah, those people are dating. Or, oh, I didn't know about this one at all. And then maybe give you a little insight into what they were doing over Valentine's Day. So really just a roundup to get you all up to speed on the romantic lives of our favorite celebrities. Are you ready to jump into this one, Micah? I'm very excited. Okay. okay. So we're going to start off with Michael B. Jordan and Laurie Harvey. And Michael B. Jordan, you may remember, we covered on our 2020 Sexiest Man Alive episode very recently. So we can link mm-hmm. that one below so that you can catch up and learn everything about good old Michael B. And he, who is 33, by the way, is now dating Laurie Harvey, who is Steve Harvey's stepdaughter. And this is a very current uh, situation. They went public with their relationship in January. So that was before we covered, oh, sorry, after we covered um, him in the episode. So here's a Michael B update for you. He has a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. She is Steve Harvey's stepdaughter. Uh, To give you a little background on her, she was actually previously engaged to a Dutch soccer player and has also been linked to Future and Diddy. I cannot believe the people who are the same age as us have been engaged already, but uh, good for her. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, dated future Diddy, Michael B. Jordan, and a soccer player. No, Like, damn, I'm jealous. What have I been doing? Just sitting in my room, looking at Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, lovely Michael B. Jordan rented an aquarium out so that they could have this, like, candlelit, rose-strewn dinner. The pictures that I saw was, like, the table set up under, like, you know, the dome kind of walkway where, like, the sharks and the fish all, like, swim mm-hmm. around you. Very, very romantic. So... That seems like a cute little setup. They also went to St. Bart's recently, I think. So they have been loving it up around the place. And moving on to Ariana Grande and Dalton Gomez. This isn't like a new development, but one that I have to keep reminding myself of. Um, This is their first Valentine's Mm -hmm. Day together as an engaged couple. Because yes, Ariana Grande is engaged. Again, she was previously engaged to Pete Davidson whose uh, relationship we covered in a very, very early episode of Different Things Can Be Said. I think we recorded this one at, like, your house in Vancouver in, like, 2018, right, Micah? It was, like, yes. super, super early. I think so. So um, I can also link that one. And then we also, I believe at the end of 2018, did an episode where we were talking about, like, our top three each politics and pop culture moments and just, like, Ariana Grande having a great year was included in that. So if you want to do more Ariana Grande, Mm. uh, deep dive in, head to that episode. But yeah, she's now engaged to Dalton Gomez, who is a luxury home realtor in Los Angeles. He has some celebrity friends. He's been spotted with like Miley Cyrus and Scooter Braun and stuff before. Scooter also we have covered before. So this is just... We're really like mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just the segment we just plug our yes, show yes, in this go back segment. and give our old episodes some um some hits but yeah they've been quarantining together and they got engaged in december and then they had a cute little v-day celebrations this year another one is cardi b and offset which i thought they were not together because she apparently filed for divorce last september but now they're back together and they um had this like beautiful tropical getaway he got her like a whole ton of flowers he like decorated a whole house with so very elaborate they've had like a very interesting history you know they have a daughter together they had like this public proposal but then it turned out they got married the month before it Mm -hmm. like just at home (laughs) in like their pajamas uh then yeah apparently file for divorce but that's off the cards and now have a nice valentine's day together so there we go um, another one, this is, this is pretty juicy. So Chriselle Staus, if you watch Selling Sunset, which again, I've definitely mentioned before. <laughs> um, <laughs> she is like a Los Angeles realtor again, who had this like very public divorce with Justin Hartley from This Is Us. And that was all like, it was like a whole season of Selling Sunset that was about it. She like found out about the divorce via text. And then it was like in TMZ a few minutes later. He revealed a new GF around New Year's Eve, and she spent Valentine's Day with a dancer called Kyo Motsepe, who she met, I believe, on Dancing with the Stars. 
And so February 14th, they had Valentine's Day together. And now they have already split up. Something has happened in the past two weeks and they are no longer together. That picture is gone um, of their Valentine's Day celebration. And she has been calling him a liar on Instagram. Not quite sure what he's lying about, but he Mm. has apparently been lying. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Oh, also fun fact. She used to be engaged to Matthew Morrison, who uh, plays... Uh, Mr. Shu on Glee. So I just wanted to share that. I think that's really funny. This was back in like nice. 2007 or something, but I just like had to share that because it is really, really funny. Um, so my next little celeb relationship <laughs> update is Jojo Siwa. Um, she is the 17 year old children's mm-hmm. entertainer and she recently came out as part of the LGBTQ plus community and spent what she called her first ever Valentine's Day with her girlfriend Kylie, who was like her friend for about a year, and then they have recently become a couple, and it is very cute, and I'm very very mm-hmm. happy for JoJo. So good for her. One that I'm not too happy about, and this is just my personal opinion, but I don't like it, is uh, <laughs> Jacob Elordi and Kaya Gerber. So Jacob Elordi is the Euphoria guy. Um, Mm -hmm. And he is also in the Kissing Booth movies. And he used to date Zendaya. And there was all these, like, really cute pictures of them, like, just having a day around the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And they look, like, so, so happy together. But they're apparently not together. And he's now with Kaya Gerber, who is Cindy Crawford's daughter. And they um, have, like, a pretty private-ish relationship. Like, she doesn't, like, share pictures of him, Mm -hmm. really. But she did post one for Valentine's Day of them reading on a beach together. So, like, whatever. Uh, One that I find endlessly fascinating is JVN, our uh, Queer Eye beauty guru, who got Mm -hmm. secretly married in 2020 to a British guy called Mark. And he just kind of, like, revealed that in his end of year highlights post like jvm was just sort of like here's a little bunch of amazing things i did this year oh also i got married and everyone was like what jvm who is this dude but seems like just like a a guy he met while he was doing like his comedy tour of mm-hmm. the uk and got along with really well so they're married and they had valentine's day together and jvm did a nice little post on insta um just being very cute with him and just reminding anyone who's not with someone for valentine's day that they can be their own Valentine. So that's a very JVN message. He's all about, you know, self-empowerment. And I just love that for him. Another very interesting one, and this is one I literally just found out while I was doing the research <laughs> for this episode. So, oh, like, you guys might not be ready. You might not be ready. But Vanessa Hudgens and an MLB player called Cole Tucker are now together. They went Insta-official for Valentine's Day. So you might remember Vanessa Hudgens, obviously from High School Musical and like every Christmas movie on Netflix each year. Um, She's a Christmas prince. No, not a Christmas prince. The princess switch. Mm -hmm. That's her one. She's princess switching. There was the night before Christmas. That was a pretty fun one as well. Um, But she was dating Austin Butler, who was also an actor. I believe he's going to be in that Elvis movie that's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And they were together for like nine years. And then they split up last January. So that was a pretty, um, that was like a bit of a talking point. Everyone was kind of discussing that a little bit, being like, oh my God, imagine being with someone for nine years and then you don't get married. And I didn't look at it that way. I kind of thought, okay, like nine years is a long time, but like rather nine years and you realize that there's something better for you out there mm-hmm. than you just deciding to go along with something for the rest of your life because like you don't want to have nine years be a sun cost. So yeah, for sure. I think it's a positive. It's obviously worked out because she is now with Cole Tucker and they seem very happy. Juicy one, Claire and Dale of The Bachelor are apparently back together. So you might remember that Claire and Dale met on, sorry, The Bachelorette, I should Mm -hmm. say. She was uh, The Bachelorette herself and fell for Dale pretty hard. They left the show together about two weeks in, being engaged, and then um, broke up, I think, while Taysha, who was like Claire's replacement's rest of her series, was still going. The engagement was not very uh, long-lived, unfortunately. Or so 
Actually, you might be yeah. right because I think I was back in New York and our season ended. And yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's but it was not while even you know the current season of The Bachelor mm, is yeah. still on. So didn't make it past the cycle. Um, and everyone was pretty surprised because they seemed pretty loved up. But now they're apparently mm. back together because they've been spotted getting a little smooch together in Florida. So interesting. This is like a pretty interesting one. Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker uh, of Blink-182 are together now. Uh, not really something that I would have put together. But Travis Barker is, <clears throat> has been like friends with the Kardashians for years. Which sounds bizarre, but I do remember Chloe used to have this show called like yeah. Cocktails with Chloe or something like that. It was like a just like start a talk show. And he was on, like, a very early episode of it. Like, he just came on as one of the guests. It was, like, filmed in her house. And he said that he, like, was their neighbor. And they just become friends. So now apparently Courtney and Travis are together, which seems super bizarre. His ex is not very happy mm. with it and has called Courtney a downgrade. That's um, a little rude. I don't think so. Yeah, obviously not true. Uh, and then Courtney's ex, Scott Disick, who she has children with, is now dating another teenager. Um, he is dating a 19-year-old who is Lisa Rinna's daughter. So that's all interesting. Um, interesting family dynamics going on there. Another big surprise. Uh, Green Bay Packers, QB, Aaron Rodgers, and Shailene Woodley of... All of our favorite, uh, I feel like we've grown up with oh, Shailene yeah. Woodley. I feel like I've had her through The Fault in Our Stars, Divergent, Big Little Lies. Um, they're engaged. Mm-hmm. I think there was like rumors that they were dating and everyone was like, what? And then she just came out and was like, oh, no, no, we've been dating a while and we're engaged. So good for and, them. I kind of like that couple. And now they're part of the uh, the Bachelor family in some weird way. Yes, his brother won uh, JoJo's mm-hmm. season of The Bachelorette, but apparently they don't have a relationship. Because yes. I remember when her when that guy was on The Bachelorette, I was like, he looks really familiar. But I was like, I don't know if I know him or mm-hmm. is there someone who looks like him. And then he eventually revealed that he was Aaron Rodgers' brother. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that they weren't close. So I um Yeah. I don't know anything about Aaron Rodgers. I think Shailene Woodley's really cool. Like, yes, I think her politics are really interesting. I don't know how her politics square with like dating a football player, but maybe Aaron Rodgers is secretly really revolutionary. That could be cool. I know he used to date Olivia Munn for like quite a while. Um, and she also seems cool. Yeah, I know Shailene Woodley, there was the whole thing where she was getting um, arrested for protesting the Dakota yeah. Pipeline. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was pretty cool. I think she'd said herself that she was surprised that she was dating a football player. Okay. Um, she didn't really... Yeah, she was like, I don't even really like sports. So, That's funny. Uh, this, this was not something that was like in my plan. I think she said that she knew of him as a football player, but didn't know anything beyond that really um um i kind of like it i have i have good feelings towards her i also really started following this uh recently started following this instagram account called dumois um i heard about it on another podcast and i've already had to mute it from my like stories and posts because i was getting addicted (laughs) to it but it's basically like people write in anonymously where they've like seen celebrities like from everywhere so like, if you just, you know, for instance, the times when I see Timothy Chalamet, like, cycling down the street, I could just, like, message mm-hmm. them, and they'll just, like, post it. And it's just, like, kind of interesting, I guess. Um, I haven't seen it, but apparently lots of people have, like, messaged him previously saying that Shailene Woodley is really, really nice. That's so, nice. I just, yeah, I want to believe that. Um, the one that has really captured everyone's attention, I think, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles. <laughs> Oh gosh, the most bizarre uh, couple ever. But I'm I'm kind of into it. So she was on the OC, which is irrelevant. But um, she was on the OC, and she was great mm-hmm. on the OC. Uh, she was with Jason Sudeikis for quite a while. I think they were engaged for about seven years, and they have two kids together. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they announced their split last year. 
And then in January, she was spotted holding hands at a wedding with Harry Styles. And I was like, where, where did this even come from? Um, but she is directing a movie called Don't Worry, Darling. And he is the leading man in it. Florence Pugh is also in it. So I'm like extremely excited oh, for this movie. That's what she's in. That's very exciting. I'm really excited for that movie. Yeah, there's, like, if you kind of go on your Insta Explore page, there's often, like, pictures from set that people will, like, share. And, um, yeah, so pretty cool. I think Olivia Wilde has directed some – she directed Booksmart. That was awesome. So Booksmart. if she could – yeah, if we get something even half as good as Booksmart, I'd be very excited. Um, the funny detail to this story is that apparently there's a strange – quarantine bubble going on in London so uh Jason Sudeikis who also apparently has a new girlfriend is in London filming Ted Lasso his tv show Mm -hmm. that's on Apple and Olivia has flown over with like the kids and they're all like the the Jason and Olivia and the kids are living like in a house together so that they can like quarantine he can still be on set and like Harry like flew over with her but he is just like living somewhere else I assume for like people are suggesting very strange situation quarantine is Um, difficult with um unusual families or not unusual exactly non-heteronormative nuclear families yes yeah, I've, this is not the first time I've heard of people having to, like, hunker down with an ex mm-hmm. um, so that they can spend time with the kids. So, yes, very interesting situation. It, oh, I, yeah, I, I'm into it. I, <laughs> I would not have put this together, but I'm, I'm into it. And the last one I'm going to finish up with is truly bizarre and a very recent one, which uh, is the pairing of Skeet Ulrich and Lucy Hale. So he is the 51-year-old uh, star of the Scream movies. If you've ever watched those, he was like... Have you seen the first Scream, Micah? Oh, okay. Well, he's in that... Oh, whoops, I swore on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> whoops, we'll do some beeping. Um, he's very freaking hot in that. Um, he... But, but evil. Um, and then... He is also in Riverdale. He plays Cole. Cole is the Riverdale mm-hmm. one. Cole Sprouse's dad oh, in Riverdale. Yeah, okay. Yes, FP. And she is uh, from Pretty Little mm-hmm. Liars. I didn't watch that show, so I can't tell you what her name was in it, but she has like kind of large eyebrows, yes. uh, which I can say because I also have large eyebrows. So uh, <laughs> it's fine. And they were spotted making out together at lunch. And I'm just extremely surprised by this coupling. But I can kind of into it. So, yeah. So that was the last of my celebrity roundup. Do any of these surprise you, thrill you, freak you out, Micah? I think so. Um, I'm, I'm interested. I'm always interested in, like, Shailene Woodley just seems like a very cool person. And I don't know why, but, like, as a friend type interest in it. Obviously, I'm not friends with Shailene Woodley. Um, yes, I could see that. How I does could that see work? That. Who knows? Um, the Standing Rock Arrest thing is the thing that really gets me. Yeah. Yeah, the podcast that I heard about Dumas from, uh, not without my sister. Yeah. I've spoken about it on here. It's about the uh, two Irish sisters who live in Indiana. They brought her up um, and the Instagram account up because they were doing an episode about which like celebrity mm-hmm. would you want to be your friend. And one of them was saying Shailene Woodley. They were like, she just seems like really cool and like a really nice person. And I think I would like to be Shailene Woodley's friend. Agreed. Anyway, well, that's all me for, that's all for, that's all me. That's all for me for celebrity gossip. Uh, Hopefully I'll be back to you next month with a more like meteor store, meteor, meteor. I'm just, you know, that TikTok with the meteor, meteor doing something. Yeah. Um, With a junior story to dive into, but. For now, I think one where we're just keeping everyone up to speed is good because I was not up to speed with this whatsoever, whatsoever, and I'm ashamed. Alrighty then, that is us for another episode of Different Things Can Be Sad. My God, do you have any plans for the month of March? Um, as I mentioned before, I'm on reading week. Very Thanks exciting. So. I plan on reading, and that's about it. Um... So you'll have a good reading update for us next I time. I hope so, yes. 
I'm doing a little book club, which would be fun. Cute. Tell me more. Um, we're reading. I think it's called The Mystics of Mile End. So it's about Montreal, and because we all spiritually live in Montreal right now. <laughs> oh, that's um, very cute. Yeah, should be good. I like that a lot. Lots of reading. Yeah, I think I'm going to schedule some reading in. Um, I was really hoping to work on a crochet project this weekend, but mm. the yarn that I ordered hasn't arrived, and I've no. literally been like. I would say, like, every 10 minutes, the yarn comes into my brain and I think about it. I, like, check the tracking all the time. <laughs> it went out for delivery on Friday and Saturday. And then at 3 p.m. on Saturday, they rescheduled it for the next day, which actually no. means Monday. So, yeah. Um, this isn't exciting, but I've been thinking about it all the time. So I have to share. So I really hope by next time you hear from me, I have got the yarn. I really hope by in a month I've got the yarn. And mm-hmm. that I have started on my new project because I would love to make a little cardigan. It'll be fun. Um, if people want to mm-hmm. catch up with your reading, would you post about this book on Instagram, Micah, if you read it? Or when you read um, it? Potentially, yes. Okay. How can people find that. out about it? Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Micah Hahn. That is fabulous. Mm-hmm. I am at Yasmin Lomax. We're both very creative with our, our handles. Mm-hmm. Um, Micah did have a different one, but we have since, since changed. So... Yes. Even easier to find. But yeah, we are both on Instagram. Micah is also on Twitter. And you can catch us there until you catch us here. Oh, I like that. <laughs> that was fun. I like catch us there until I catch mm-hmm. us here. Until next time. Bye. Bye.